Welcome to the His Light in Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. We're going to uh, move into a, an area over the next little while, uh, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And first off, let me. I want to. I want to start by way of an introduction to this section in talking about um, because it very much ties into the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. Um, Jesus preached about, talked about, and explained the kingdom of God. The Bible says after his resurrection, when he met with the disciples, we're gonna, I'm just going to lay an overview, but he, he sat with his disciples for 40 days, and it says, and he taught them about the kingdom of God. He, he, didn't, he didn't teach them an evangelic, uh, evangelizing course. He, it wasn't a course on miracles. It wasn't, it wasn't chats about uh, how to overthrow the government and how to impose the will of God upon the earth. That's not what it was about. Um, and we have, I like what one guy said, I can't think of the top of my head, but he said, you know, we, we, we've reduced the kingdom. We've reduced the kingdom and the kingdom message to a salvation message. And don't get me wrong. I believe in evangelism and I'm all for preaching, preaching the good news of salvation. But, um... Have we sacrificed the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom of God, in doing so? Uh, when when I think of the kingdom of God, it's different for different people, and there's there I call it that. There's two. There's the transcendent kingdom, and then of course is the immediate kingdom, the kingdom as we experience it in our day to day. Um. And for this talk, and for the next little while, I want to talk about it in the sense of more of the down to earth, the immediacy of it. Because um, when I think of the kingdom of God, I think of the word, the word that comes to my mind immediately is cooperation. And let me explain what I mean by that. It's about, uh, if you were to pick up, a, you know, a, a simple or a technical piece of apparatus, um, you wouldn't have a lot of success if you didn't read the instructions. You didn't read the instructions. And it's important to note that when you're talking about the kingdom of God, um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's important to note that the purpose of it, in as far as it relates to you, is you want to be in cooperation with it. The kingdom of God is the light. Right? So God's presence, His purpose, His intention. His will, his desire, all of those things are encapsulated in the kingdom of God. As a sovereign, as a sovereign creator, as the God of all eternity, the kingdom of God is the outshining of that reality. So, 
we tend to think of kingdoms as more of an earthly structure. You know, this is the border here, and this is the border here, and this is the realm and the range of my kingdom. Um, when you think about God, you, you can't think of it in terms of that because God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. God is all self-sufficient. He's all-powerful. Right? So that means in connection to his kingdom, the kingdom encompasses those things. And because the kingdom encompasses those things, it's important for you to know that the, the, that's why I say the most important thing is, or the, the way I relate to it, is in the area of cooperation. That you have to cooperate with that. I mean, if you were going to have success in a in a past times when you had the the king and his kingdom, you know, the realm, the the realm of his range, you know, you would have to abide by, and you would have to um, cooperate with that within that realm, within that range, within those things. You have the need, the necessity for cooperation. If you don't have that then you're going to find yourself running into a huge problem. You can see how that would create a problem. If you didn't understand, you know, what if you didn't understand the laws of that kingdom? What if you didn't understand the range and the realm of that kingdom? And what if you didn't know how to cooperate with that? Just think about going to a different country and you're driving a vehicle there and you don't, you can't speak the language. So you're, looking at these signs and road directions and none of them are making any sense to you because you don't speak that language so obviously you can't understand it how much success do you think you would have you wouldn't have a lot of success at all you wouldn't know where to turn how to turn you wouldn't know how fast to go where you were going it would be nothing but problems think about uh, just a society in general if you went to another society and you didn't know their laws and their customs and the way you did something back in in your in in your country, it may be completely different than what they you know the words have a different meaning. And here's the challenge: in my relationship with God, I I became increasingly less interested in fitting in and relating to certain church doctrines and certain church practices and certain sort of Christian norms. And I became interested in understanding what does God want? What's God's intention? We go to, you go to a museum or a gallery and you'll see all kinds of artwork. And a lot of times, you know, you can stand there and look at a piece of art, look at a painting or whatever. And the first question that you're going to ask is, who painted it? And then you have your interpretation of what was painted. Or a sculpture, same thing. What was the, who was the artist who made this sculpture? The same things apply. You're going to be, who did it? You know, what were they thinking? What is it truly representative of? If I was to make something out of clay, if I was to take a ball of clay and I was to form that into something, whatever, it wouldn't matter what it was, but I would form it into something. When I 
stopped working on it and just stepped back and you look at it, you'd say, well, I have no idea. You know, someone come into the room and, and see it there. Who made this? Oh, I don't, you know, if, if I was no longer in the room, someone would go, I don't know who made it. It's just here. I came into this room and there it was sitting on the table. But let me ask you a question. If there, is there a way that you could find out who made it on a human level? On a human level, is there a way that you could somehow determine without the person, without the, without me who, who made it, even being in the room, is there some way that you could find out? There actually is. If you were to take that sculpture, that whatever I made out of that clay, and you were to get a magnifying glass and, and, and you were to hold it and move it around, you would begin to see, you'd begin to find that my fingerprints were all over the clay. That I had left my fingerprints all over it. And you'd be able to take those fingerprints off there, get a, you know, like they do in the detective shows, and you'd be able to fingerprint analysis and run it through a run it through a fingerprint identification database and they'll be able to, boom, there it is. So this guy right here, there he is, he lives here. His name's Mark. There he is. He made that. And we see that in investigations all the time too. The person's not there, but they want to know who committed the crime. They can look at, try to find some fingerprints. The first thing they look for are fingerprints, identification. Okay. Now, do you think that God could have created what he created, would have created what he created, and not left his fingerprints all over it? This earth and all the things that he created has his fingerprints all over it. Because... When I just simply, if I made something, if I just simply made something, you know, out of my hands and formed some clay and made some whatever, that's a very, very simple, basic illustration of me putting my hands to something to make something out of it. But when God creates, it doesn't just have his fingerprints on it, it has his entire nature on it. His intention is in that. His will is in that. His power is in that. His presence is in that. Okay? So, man is fallen. He's in a fallen state. He's groping around with the knowledge of good and evil in a dimension here that is governed by the law of sin and death, dragging everything down to a state of death. And he's established earthly rule, he's established earthly laws, he's established earthly social structures, he's established all of these things in the natural that are born out of his reasoning using the knowledge of good and evil as his only tool. But because God's interaction with things 
has been marred by man's fall. It doesn't mean that his laws aren't in place. It doesn't mean that things here don't cannot work the way that they are intended to work. It's just been disconnected. Let me give an example. You could have a very complex piece of machinery, extremely complex. Let's just think of some high-end medical device, very complex. And that device has got a power cord, and you plug that power cord into the wall. Someone, let's say hypothetical, someone unplugs it from the wall, cuts the cord off of it. Now, when you cut that cord off, the, 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 end, the end of that cord off, all of the complexity of that machinery, all the complexity of that device, inoperative. They can't function. They cannot function. Because the device requires electricity, requires power, in order to function. And the source of that power has been cut off. The source of that power has been cut off. Now, in this analogy, it's far worse because man, when he he didn't just you know the he didn't just cut himself off from the power. He didn't just cut himself off from life. He didn't just cut himself off from the light. But he plugged himself into something else. He plugged himself into something else. Man functions, but the source of the power that he has is his fallen evil heart. A heart filled with self-reliance. Eyes that are full of covetousness. Flesh that is full of seeking after and desiring that which is of itself in, in the form of pleasure. An external dimension and relationship to himself that whereby he wants to look good in the eyes of others. So he's completely cut off. But he's not cut. He, he's, it's not that he is just that he's cut off from the kingdom. But he's plugged into something else. And man cut off from the kingdom of God. No longer knows what God's will is. No longer knows what God desires. No longer knows his purpose. No longer knows that which for which he was created for. Why are we here? We don't know. What are we supposed to do? We don't know. How does it all end? We don't know. How did it all begin? We don't know. Because we're cut off. On the day that you eat, you shall surely die. Be separate from me. You're going to cut that cord. And you're going to be plugged into self-rule. You're going to be plugged into the kingdom of self. And we have 8 billion people on this planet. you got 8 billion kingdoms on this planet. Sure, some work together and they interact with each other and they try to come up with some collective you know system of meeting each other's needs or empowering individuals or making ourselves rich or whatever it doesn't matter you could have a big you know big political conglomerate a big bank cartel you could have all kinds of things it could be you know it could be um 
you know, a, a bunch of hobby craft makers who get together and travel around the countryside in little trailers and set up for little, you know, sales and, you know, in little towns on a Saturday. And everybody comes through and everyone buys knickknacks, new mailbox, whatever the case is, all these homemade sort of crafty type things. You have a lady over here who's selling candles and you have someone over here who's selling honey. And sure, they're all working together, but they're working together only as it relates to helping themselves, helping themselves. I'm going to say something here. It's, it's widely known. <laughs> if you spend any time reading the champions of our faith and the great writings of those who've gone before who made the path to God straight, what I like to refer to as the great men and women of God who wore white robes under smashed armor, who, who fought for us and made the line to God's home straight. They all agree that in man there is no good. There's no good thing. See, because he's cut off from the true apparatus of the kingdom of God, nothing he does from the moment he's born to the last breath he takes is ever pleasing to God. I'm not saying that it doesn't help people. I didn't say that it isn't good. I didn't say that it didn't help, that it didn't heal, that it didn't minister, that it didn't you know, alleviate, that it didn't rescue. It, it does all those things. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. They certainly are not. I believe a, a believer should do as much good for his, man, for man, his fellow man as he's as humanly possible for him to do. It is, however, a huge leap to go over to the other machinery, the other piece of apparatus, and say that that is pleasing unto God. Pleasing unto God. All right? Acceptable unto Him. Because if you were to have, I mean, a simple analogy... If you were to have two machines and one machine makes this and, and you know and and out of the you know out of the out of the out of the machine comes you know it ejects this product and out of the other machine it ejects this product and one of them ejects a product that the source of which and the power of which and the energy of which came from God and the other one the source of which and the power of which and the energy came from man can that machine ever produce something that would be acceptable unto God no it cannot it cannot and that's where the church makes mistake that's where we make mistake a mistake as an individual because we mistake activities and energies and good things with our purpose, with our destiny, with what we're supposed to be doing here. And we align ourselves with this world. And from that world, we're sort of moving things or trying to move things or trying to project things towards a God who's in heaven. And not realizing that no, we are the children of God, we are the citizens of heaven, and we are ambassadors on the earth. And as ambassadors on the earth, we are to manifest 
demonstrate and display the kingdom of God. And there's a huge difference between the two. At some point, somewhere, the church equated preaching a salvation message with the kingdom of God. Salvation, a salvation message, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he who believes will be saved, and he who believes not will be damned. That is absolutely a part of the kingdom. That's a part of our mission. That's a part of our purpose. But that's not the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't say go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. When he sent them out, the disciples, he said, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay? And we've simplified that. We've reduced it. I like what one great man of God, it was E. Stanley Jones, he said, we've reduced the kingdom. We've, we've brought it down to our level. And we've simply reduced it. And in the next, I want to talk about, we're going forward, we're going to talk about, so what is the kingdom? And how should that play out in our lives? What's the difference? Because we've been plugged back in. God has fixed the cord and re, re, uh, remade the connection. He's cut us off from the first Adam as far as our inward spirit and intention. And he's connected us back to his life translated us into the kingdom of his son but we're still trying to make the old we're still trying to make the old parts we're still trying to produce the things that we were when we were cut off and there's two reasons for that a we don't know what the real source of those are which is the knowledge of good and number two we don't know what it is that we're supposed to be producing and we're going to deal with that in the next little while I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.